the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is, What to Do When You're Facing a Crisis, or we could say as well, a Tragedy. This past week, 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz walked into a South Florida high school with an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle and massacred 17 people, 14 students, 3 adults, and also left 14 injured. Three of the deadliest mass shootings in modern U.S. history have come in the last five months. The shooting in Parkland, Florida, captured on cell phone video by terrified students, has renewed a national debate on how to prevent more tragedies. Unfortunately, the debate goes on after every massacre, and Congress does not seem to be able to gather, act together, and do something which can save the lives of our young people. We are certainly saddened by the loss of these 17 people, and we know that mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and other relatives are mourning, and we share their grief. But it's not necessary for me to recount the details of this tragic event or even to get into the discussion as to the various things that people want done. I simply want to recognize that these families are in mourning for the loss of their loved ones. But the question that I want to raise this morning is what do you do when you're facing a tragedy or personal crisis like the people in South Florida? What do you do when your life seems to be falling apart? How do you find the strength to go on in a tragedy? You and I are going to face tragedies in life. If you're married... You or your spouse is going to die first. You have parents 
that are going to die, your brothers and sisters, relatives, friends, and loved ones who are going to pass on. So what do you do when someone was there one moment and then the next they are there no more? How do you handle that kind of crisis? What do you do when the doctor calls and says the diagnosis is terminal? What do you do when you have an accident and it throws all of your future plans out the window? What do you do when you have just walked away from a freshly covered grave? How do you find the strength to go on? The prophet Jeremiah asked that question many centuries ago. Jeremiah went through one of the most horrendous periods in Israel's history. An enemy nation came in and ravaged his entire nation and took its people as captive slaves. During Jeremiah's lifetime, he watched enormous atrocities, inhumanities done to his people and to his family. He recorded this for us in two of the Old Testament books, the book of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations. Jeremiah wrote what he lived and he lived what he wrote. See, he wrote in Lamentations chapter 2 and verse, and verse 11, I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken, my spirit poured out as I see what has happened to my people. Today I want to talk about how to deal with a personal crisis or a tragedy and what do you do after, after that? In the book of Lamentations, I think the, I can find four things to do in, the, in a tragedy such as what happened in Florida, but what happens in our community week after week. And the first is focus your attention on God. When you're in a tragedy, focus your attention on God. You have to make time to, to be quiet. Get alone with God and just listen to him. Lamentations chapter 3, 28 and 29 says, When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. You see, God wants to talk to us more than we want to listen to him. The number one reason why we don't hear God talk to us is that we are just too busy doing our own thing. We're too busy watching television listening to the radio, surfing the internet, talking to other people, keeping our minds preoccupied. 
So when was the last time that you just sat down and were quiet for 10 or 15 minutes? You didn't read anything. You just sat there in quietness. How many of us here have ever asked the question, God, is there anything you want to say to me right now? And you just sat and listened. Perhaps not many of us have done that. But I would suggest that we take 10 minutes a day this week, beyond this season of Lent, just to be quiet before God. And you'll be amazed at the spiritual strength and new direction that you'll receive. Focusing your attention on God is the first thing you have to do when you are in a tragedy or you're coming out of a tragedy. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, said, When you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father secretly. Then your Father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. He's saying, I want you to go by, go off by yourself so you are not praying to impress other people. You are not role-playing. Forget about the fancy words. Just come to God and honestly and openly say, God, here's where I hurt. Here's what I need. You sit and be quiet and you listen. See, tragedies and uh, crises have a way of refocusing our attention. And they tend to focus us on the things that really matter in life, things that really count. Have you noticed in a tragedy or in a, in a loss that everything seems to slow down? You see, tragedies and crises have a way of slowing us down, and that's not a bad thing, because sometimes we are so busy we can't hear God. But the second thing you do when you are facing a crisis is ask God to remove your fears. Ask God to remove your fears. You see, in a tragedy or crisis, we feel all kinds of emotion. We face grief, or we feel grief. We feel confusion. We feel doubt. We feel anger. We feel frustration. But there's one emotion more damaging than all of the others, and that is fear. So grief does not paralyze us. Anger does not paralyze us. But fear does. To get on with your life after a crisis or tragedy, you have to deal with the root cause of the fears and anxieties in your life. Jeremiah prays this in Lamentations uh, chapter 3, 55 uh, and 57, or through 57. From the bottom of the pit, O Lord, I cried out to you. And when I begged you to listen to my cry, 
you heard, you answered me and told me not to be afraid. And Landers, when she was alive, used to receive over 10,000 letters a day. Once when she was asked what's the most common problem people write about, without hesitation she said fear. You see, everybody here has fears. We may fake it, we may pretend like it doesn't, um, we don't have them. We may cover them up, we may medicate them, but the truth is that everybody has fears. They are universal. So if you're going to get on with your life, you have to learn how to deal with fear. The Bible gives us three antidotes to fear. Truth, love, and faith. But Let me just deal with each of them for a moment. Truth. Jesus said the truth shall set you free. Now how is that an antidote to fear? Because most fears are based on ignorance or false information. Most fears come from lies, misperceptions, misunderstandings, prejudices. As human beings, we are born with only two fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That means every other fear in your life you learned. You learned it from friends, from parents, from, from kids on the playground, from people you work with, and even from the experiences that you've had in your life. All of, all of the fears we have are learned. And a lot of things that we have learned in life are not true. Things we have learned about ourselves, the way we see ourselves, things about God, things about life. You see, when we build our life on those faulty assumptions and beliefs, misbeliefs, the more fear we are going to have in life. You can't just get rid of fear by saying, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. You have to replace the fear with truth in your life. And the more you fill your mind with God's word, God's truth, the less room there is for fear. You put in the truth, and the truth will set you free. But this second uh, antidote is love. By filling your life with love, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, 18, 18 and 19, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. So then, Love has not been made perfect in anyone who is afraid because fear has to do with punishment. We love because God first loved us. Love pushes out fear. You see, the more of God's love you have in your life, the less you are going to be afraid. If you have a lot of fears in your life, it tells me one thing, that you don't really know God very well. See, God is love, and love is always stronger than fear. 
You see, when love is greater than fear, then you can act, you can do something, even in the midst of your crisis. Now, what motivates a parent to run into a street in incoming traffic when a child is out there? The love of that child. So love is always greater than fear. But then the, the third antidote is faith. And faith reduces fear in our life. You see, faith doesn't eliminate the feeling of fear. It gives you courage to do what you need and in spite of how you feel. Faith is moving against your fear in spite of how you feel. It's a shield against fear. So where do you get faith, love, and truth? In a relationship with God. The more you get to know God, the more you are going to have his truth, his love, and faith in your, li- in your life. The antidote to fear is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. The better you get to know him, the less fear you are going to have. As David says in Psalm 34 and verse 4, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me, freeing me from all my fears. You see, God brought some of you here today so that he could say to you, don't be afraid, don't worry. Don't get anxious. Don't forget that I can help you. But the, the third thing that we can do when we are facing a crisis or a tragedy is believe God will restore you. Believe God will restore you. Expect him to. Trust him to. Believe God can help you recover from the crisis or the tragedy you have just gone through. You have to trust God to bring good even out of bad, out of evil. Jeremiah did this. After losing everything, this is what he prayed in in, uh, Lamentations chapter 5 and verse 21. Restore us, O Lord, and bring us back to you again. Give us back the joy we once had. Did you know that God specializes in new beginnings? You see, he helps people to start over after tragedies and crises and and, um, all kinds of things that happen in your life. But you have to trust him. You have to believe that God will help you and that he can restore the joy in your life. David prayed this in Psalm 27 and verse 13. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, he was... He was saying, I would have been wiped out if I hadn't trusted God, if I hadn't believed God, if I hadn't expected that God would help me. So here are two things that we should do 
when we face a tragedy or a crisis or just a difficult time in, in our life. Number one, accept what you cannot change. Accept what you cannot change. You see, there are a lot of things in, in your life and my life that we can't change. We can't control. In fact, most of the things in our life we can't control. The only way to overcome them is through acceptance. Acceptance is a key to peace. Acceptance is a key to getting on with your life. Many of us here have lost loved ones. They're not coming back. No matter how much you wish for it, no matter how much you, you are wishing that things were different, it's not going to change. The past is past. It's over. Real faith is accepting the facts of life, but not being discouraged by them. It is believing that God is still with you and that he's going to help you in the situation that you're in. But this, the second, second thing that we need to do is to focus on what is left, not what is lost. Focus on what is left, not what is lost. Make a list of the things that you can be thankful for. I'm still alive. God still loves me. There are a lot of things for which we can give thanks. Gratitude destroys depression. It is impossible to be grateful and be depressed at the same time. When you are depressed... Start making a list of the things you can thank God for. You'll find those dark clouds rolling away as you build the attitude of gratitude. But let me warn you that you don't get over a crisis or a tragedy in instantly. Bereavement is not something that goes away instantly. It takes time to heal it takes patience. It takes trust to recover from a tragedy or a loss. I don't know all the pain you have been through in your life, but God does. I don't know what you're experiencing right now, but God does. I don't know the pain you're going to go through in the future, but God does. You can make it through any situation. If you will trust God. But the, the fourth secret to finding strength to go on in spite of a tragedy is remember what never changes. Remember what never changes. Life is constantly changing. One minute there is someone there that you love and the next minute they are not there anymore. And that's an instant change. But there are some things in our life that never change. We have to anchor ourselves to those certainties or we will never have the stability that God wants us to have in life. We'll just be blown away by the circumstances that we are caught in. Jeremiah did this. No matter what happens, there are three things that will never change that I just need to mention here. Number one, God is still in control. God is still in control. 
He's still on the throne. He's still calling the shots in spite of the tragedies and the losses that you may have to go through. Humans do have a free will and we make bad choices and people get hurt. But God controls how it will all work out. It's the reason why our lives are filled with fear, as I said earlier, is that most of our life is beyond our control. All of the major things in life you don't control. You don't control who your parents were. You don't control when you were born, where you were born, what natural gifts and abilities you were given. You don't know how or when you're going to die. You don't control the economy, you don't control the weather, you don't control the past, and you cannot control the future. You can't even control what's going to happen this afternoon after you leave church. The one thing you can control is your attitude and your response to what is happening. The truth is I can't handle everything that's going to come into my life, but I don't have to. Because I have a God who will. The secret of crisis control is Christ control. I let him handle it. I can't handle it, but I can let him handle it. So nothing is out of God's control. And I can trust him. Jeremiah says in Lamentations uh, chapter 5, 17 and, uh, and 19. Our hearts are sick and weary, and our eyes grow dim with tears. But Lord, you remain the same forever. Your throne continues from generation to generation. See, God is in control. But the other other, um, thing that does not change is that God still loves you. God still loves you. Other people may stop loving you, but God never will. Jeremiah says this in Lamentations chapter 3, 20 to 23. So I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies, we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. See, God never stops loving us. Accidents are not permanent. A lot of people think that when an accident or a tragedy happens, that God is mad with them. But if you think that, then you don't really know what God is like. Accidents that happen are just accidents. You don't need to put God into, into that picture. God, of course, can, can control the situation for us and enable us to get through it. But they are not punishments from, from God. But the third thing to remember is, God is all you need. God is all you need. You're never going to know that until God is all you have. 
If you have God, then you have everything else that you need because he has all things under his control. He has all the resources. Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 24, Deep in my heart, I say, the Lord is all I need. I can depend on him. You see, you don't have to have all of the answers if you know the one who has the answers. You see, God knows the burdens that you bear. He knows the pressures that you feel. He knows the frustrations that you have. He knows the grief that you experience and the help that you need. God knows about the tears that you have shed, the storms that you have endured, the troubles that you have encountered, the nights that you have dreaded, the sorrows that you have had, the loneliness that you have feared, the difficulties that you have confronted, the responsibilities that you have shouldered, and he knows the fears that you have battled. But thank God, he knows how to replace heartaches with gladness. He knows how to replace fear with courage, turmoil with peace, and dissatisfaction with contentment. For he sees all, he hears all, and he knows all. He is above all and beyond all. His word is final and nobody can change it. He always was, he is, and he always will be God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.